Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. So we're coming up on summer, and I got to say, one of my absolute favorite things to do in summer is to be able to go barefoot outside. But some people don't feel comfortable walking around in their bare feet. And for these people, I would absolutely encourage you to check out Vivo Barefoot Shoes. It's a barefoot profile shoe that can start to help your foot work for itself. We've been told our entire life that we need a foot with support, a foot with a thick bottom, with cushioning, with arch support. But in reality, all these things are doing are continuing to dumb down our foot's ability to support itself and move how it needs to. So Vivo Barefoot Shoes have a thin bottom, a flexible bottom, and have a lot of space that allow your foot to move how it needs to. And wearing these things for six months, there's research that shows it can improve your foot strength by up to 70%. Jen and I wear them exclusively for almost everything. They even have water shoes that you can use in the summer when you're out at the lake or at the beach. And I absolutely love them. If you want to get your feet in a pair of Vivo Barefoot shoes to test out what we've been talking about, go down to the link in the show notes and make sure you use code TOB, like the Optimal Body, code TOB at checkout for 15% off. That is our podcast exclusive code just for you all because we appreciate you so much. And guess what? Vivo has a 100-day risk-free trial. So if you're not super satisfied with your shoes, you can always send them back after 100 days and get a full refund. So go try your first pair of Vivo Barefoot shoes or get another pair for the summer season coming up because it is barefoot season and we want you to feel strong and confident and move well in your bare feet. Let's get into the episode. All right, so today we're gonna be talking through fibromyalgia and we're gonna try to do this in a relatively concise way because it's such a big topic based on what fibromyalgia is and what the research is saying as, you know, what are the best ways to, to show improvements in some of the symptoms that people feel? And, and I just want to start by saying like Jen and myself, we don't have or have not experienced fibromyalgia. So we're not going to try to act like we can relate to nope. or you know understand what people who are living with fibromyalgia go through as far as the physical, emotional, and potentially financial toll it takes on them. Exactly. That's what I was going to say too. Like we want to be really sensitive to those who listen to this, who do have to experience this day in and day out and make sure that you as a listener, if you're not experiencing this, you know, or maybe you just want to learn about it or, you know, other people who have it or like, we have to just be very sensitive and not say, oh, it's so easy. You can, you know, that's like telling someone with depression that they could just get over yeah. and they can do these simple things and it'd be fine. Put a smile on. <laughs> you know, it just, it's not that easy. So we just want to go through objectively what the research is really saying that could be the most beneficial and maybe some techniques that aren't showing to be as beneficial. Yeah. So first, what is fibromyalgia? And uh, really what it boils down to is it's an abnormal pain processing mm-hmm. in the body and a term that has started to come more as synonymous with fibromyalgia is central sensitization, Mm -hmm. which is essentially where our central nervous system is 
riding high. And we kind of talk about this related to other pain disorders, but our whole central nervous system is just riding high. So our pain threshold is very, very minimal. And, and that's where the smallest things, the smallest stimuli can cause us to have pain. Even things that we wouldn't think would cause pain can put us above that threshold. And it's kind of this random and diffuse pains that, that we feel all over the body or in multiple different areas of the body. Exactly. So, I mean, typically what you're experiencing are general musculoskeletal. So somewhere, you know, muscle wise that you're feeling along the body, not necessarily like a joint restriction or something. Mm -hmm. It's more muscular related and in the pain within the body. And we usually see it in at least four to five areas of the body in order to determine, you know, that this is a fibromyalgia. And one thing that I thought was interesting was when we looked at what the risks are of either developing or having fibromyalgia is one was very low levels of activity or intolerance to activity. And then uh, the second one was having a very low perception of your health. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and along with, you know, just having muscle pain or being more sensitive, like things that shouldn't cause pain are causing pain, like a light breeze or, yeah. you know, something that you wouldn't think normally would cause pain. If someone pain. grabs your shoulder, it could cause searing pain down yeah. your shoulder and back. And or a light massage, light touch. Yeah, things that, and that's called allodynia yeah. is the term that we use for when you have a sensation like if someone just puts your hand, their hand on your shoulder or your back and you feel pain. It's not something that we would normally think would cause pain. Also, symptoms that can be very common are fatigue, uh, issues with sleep or yep, poor, poor levels sleep. of sleep, uh, depression, anxiety, um, just generally low quality of life, mm -hmm. low social activity or mm -hmm. it affects your social activity um, and even economic repercussions because of maybe going to a lot of different medical providers or seeking out different medical treatments to try and figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I can remember working with, you know, one of my first fibromyalgia patients, I was actually a student and I remember, you know, just the lightest touch was really difficult on her. And so really having to work as the whole person, not just yeah. like what I'm doing on you or what movement I'm doing, but let's talk, let's see how you're doing. Let's really interact. And that's going to kind of take us into some of what is most beneficial and what the research is really showing. Yeah, the components of successful, in right. quotes, treatment. Because I think the first thing is we should talk about what success looks like mm -hmm. for a patient like this. And as we mentioned, there's so many different areas someone can be having symptoms. They, they can be having pain, yes, but very low levels of functional or physical ability, poor levels of sleep depression or anxiety, mm -hmm. emotional stress, lower quality of life. So success can look like seeing improvements in any of these areas. Exactly. Right. A lot of us will want to see improvements in all of these areas quickly. And that might just not be the case because yeah. fibromyalgia is something that develops over time. And so if we are improving our physical ability and physical function, and it's allowing us to do more socially, but we're still having pain, Yes, we're still having pain and there can be a lot of things that, you know, we need to deal with in that realm as far as our understanding of pain, our, our coping mechanisms for pain, but we're doing more. We're yeah. functioning more. We're able to do more socially and that's improvement. That's on the right path. A lot of people who have fibromyalgia, that is how they see it. Like, oh, I live with pain. Like, this is my life. But if yeah. I can improve my quality of sleep, if I can improve like 
just being able to get myself to some movement if I feel like a little bit better, a little less fatigued, a little happier, you know, even though I'm still living with pain, like those can be high measures of success in terms of living with this. Absolutely. And so there's three kind of buckets that we wanted to look at when it comes to components that we think are are great for people to incorporate mm-hmm. if you're looking to find successful outcomes long term based on what the research is showing based on what we're seeing in the research and those three buckets are exercise psychology and education mm-hmm. and we're going to give a little bit of what falls under each of those buckets first bucket is exercise and i think it's the european alliance of associations for rheumatology Woo. right good job big acronym that I have to spell out there, but they strongly, strongly recommend exercise. And I think just talking about what exercise does in general, you know, it gets our joints moving, it gets our blood moving, it gets our lymph moving. It helps load that nervous system a little bit so that our nervous system can start to adapt to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think where exercise is difficult is people are in pain, people have fatigue, people aren't sleeping well. Why would I want to exercise? Right. And it's kind of backwards in that thinking in that way. But at the same time, if we start to push the needle just a little bit and tap into some of those pain symptoms that we're having when we're doing movement, we can start to get a different feedback, you know, into our body. So we can actually start to change those pain signals that we're feeling. And especially if we start with something like aquatic therapy. So if we're going and we're, we're in water, you know, that can start to have a different impact and a different sensation of our body because now we have we have buoyancy we have different pressures on our body as we're starting to do movement so i mean we're going to talk about all there's so many different exercise protocols that the research yeah. calls upon and it's almost like well what feels good for you you know what yeah. what do you enjoy because if you don't enjoy something and you're like well it said i had a strength train so i have to strength train but i hate it every single day yeah Again, that's going to be tough to stay with. And something that we're also seeing in the research is that if you stop the physical activity, the benefits will slowly go away. So it's something that needs to continue to be incorporated on an increasing basis. And I love that you started with aquatic therapy because low impact, Mm water is very soothing on the nervous system. Water helps mechanically gate pain. It gives you something different to feel. So it can really help with pain. And when we're looking through some of these meta-analyses or these big collections of studies that compared all sorts of different treatments, it said land therapies and aquatic therapies Mm -hmm. showed similar benefits. Strength training and aerobic exercise showed similar benefits. Even a study that showed that 30 minutes of self-selected activity done, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was daily or a certain amount of times per week, um, showed benefits in physical function and pain reduction. But again, that specific study said after the study was stopped, six month and 12 month follow-up, didn't, you know, showed that some of those benefits went away. Well, yeah, because we stopped the exercise. Exactly. And that's where it's like, we can't just think about it like even just a four week, a six week thing, and then we're done. You know, even a six month thing, like it really is a lifelong change. It's a life journey. It's it's a it's a lifestyle. And so that's why you don't want to be committed to something that doesn't work. Um, I mean, and I did like that they even showed I mean, we saw research in terms of strength training, but not just, again, a four-week program or a month program. This was a 21-week program where you started in a lighter intensity. So you had higher reps from like 10 to 15. You, you only went about 
40 to 60% of your one rep max. And then we slowly started to increase that. So from four to 12 weeks, now we're going a little bit higher or lower reps. So eight to 12, because we're bumping up the intensity. And then at the very end, you only went five to 10 reps because we're going like 70 to 80% of your one RM. And that showed a lot of improvement. And I think one thing about exercise that I love is that it's hard to separate it from your mind yeah. and the mindset and the emotions. And we see that in what are called, you know, more the mind body types of movement, mm-hmm. like yoga, like Tai Chi, like Zumba, Pilates, you know, where, where you're a little more tuned in to what's happening in the body. And it just adds that extra layer of mindfulness. And again, and what we saw in a lot of the studies were that people who really struggled to stick with a program, they would have lower levels of self-efficacy. because They're like, oh, wow, I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying. I can't even do the exercise. Fail. You know, then, then we go back to doing nothing. So, setting somebody up with an exercise program that helps them feel like they can is so important. And that kind of comes in down in the education bucket. But again, any of these types of exercise, if done consistently, if done in a way that is appropriate for your current level, mm-hmm. can show pretty significant benefits. And I think that's what's so amazing. Like, again, you don't have to just do one. You don't have to, you get to choose what is most beneficial for your mind and body. Mm-hmm. This is a connection of both of them. So what's going to make you feel the best and where are you going to get the most consistency because you yeah. actually like showing up to it. And that's where, you know, a lot of people start falling off because they don't have that motivation from a group or from a program to follow. Or, you know, sometimes we're so overwhelmed, say you are depressed, you're not sleeping well, and I'm supposed to choose what I'm doing every single day. Yeah that's going to be really hard to stick to. Mm -hmm. And so finding whether it's going to an exercise group, whether it's finding someone who's also going through this with you or a group of people who are going through and saying, okay, can we show up and and walk every day together? Or can Mm -hmm. we like, what are we going to do that's going to help to assist with that motivation? Because finding that self-motivation when you're going through that much pain is probably going to be really difficult. And this all lands kind of in that second bucket of the psychology of what we want to be working on. Mm -hmm. You know, social support, immensely beneficial. And and we saw that in multiple studies where having that support group, again, that might be going through similar things, doing similar things, joining into a walking group. Mm Because again, that self-selected 30 minutes of activity, if you're just meeting up with people and going walking every day, um, can be so, so beneficial. Um, I thought there was one interesting study that kind of compared a bunch of different types of therapies in this long meta-analyses. Again, a collection of all these different studies. And it showed that cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a specific type of therapy that a psychologist will usually lead, was found to be the most beneficial for decreasing people's depression, increasing their self-efficacy, decreasing pain, and, and increasing the ability to cope with pain or painful symptoms and the emotional distress that that might bring up. And we kind of mentioned that, that if you're starting an exercise program, it can be very important to be arming yourself with some of these tools to be able to cope if pains still come up, which they very likely will. Exactly. And that kind of leads us into that third bucket of education. Mm -hmm. Like we're trying to put the reins back into your own hands and know that it is you are in control of your your pains and your body as much as you feel like it is overwhelming and it is taking over you you like as much as we can do to help educate you into you 
leading the way for yourself, like mm-hmm. that's going to be the biggest change. And I, and I like to, you know, remembering that because this is so chronic and this is so long term, that's been happening within your body or it kind of started to increase over time. This isn't like an inflammatory issue that we're dealing with, right? And it's studies had shown that using NSAIDs long-term really didn't do anything to create change in what we were feeling. So we can't just rely on those pharmaceuticals to do the work for us. We really have to say, okay, how am I going to take control of this in my own hands? Yeah. And and that's again, where I think being with providers, being with a professional who can help put together this plan Mm -hmm. and, and do it in a way that's specific to you that empowers you like you said put the reins back in their hands increase their self-efficacy and their ability to say i can i can put this program together and work at it day in day out for the next six months six years six decades of my life exactly and continue to show improvement and also the education that there were different research studies that showed more the passive modalities just like massage or acupuncture or just you know taking these all these supplements taking that supplements recommend. Nu- nutritional supplements those alone had no effect no you know so doing those things isolated and alone had no effect again if that's something that feels good for you and and feels like it helps reduce your pain great that can be a part of the plan mm-hmm. other things that should be a part of the plan are the exercise bucket the psychology support group, social group bucket, mm-hmm. and continuing to educate yourself on what might best fit together to help, you know, really make you feel like you can take control. Right. We want to increase your empowerment. And like, that's really where we need to get you back into believing in yourself a little bit more. I think we especially when whenever someone has pain and this isn't even talking about fibromyalgia like just when someone has pain there's this belief that oh i'm going to live with this forever or oh my mm-hmm. god this is going to be my life and and you start feeling like this pain is is taking over right you're mm-hmm. no longer in control it's this pain that you have to live underneath and this is the sacrifice of your life and and in a lot of ways it's going to feel like that and that might be the reality but if we've tried to tell ourselves something different mm-hmm. and we tried to flip that way of thinking even if we don't believe it like that can have a huge effect on where we start to head as we're moving along this program so ultimately like and again based on all the research a multifactorial approach or the studies that showed that they were integrating all of these buckets kind mm-hmm. of incorporating something uh, physical and the exercise realm, psychological with emotional support, educating along the way, those showed to have some of the biggest benefits. And, and again, there was, I, th- I think, because a lot of the studies, you know, you can only do it over a four week or a six week or a six month period. It has to be a lifelong thing. It has There's to. no protocol that can say, okay, after eight months, you're going to be, be symptom free and not need to do anything anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's a matter of how can we integrate these things into our life long term so that for the remainder of our life we can live a different lifestyle and we can feel something different hopefully that helped to just break down some of the things that you can start to implement and if you know someone who really struggles with fibromyalgia please pass this episode along i think education again is one of the main components of starting to feel something different so if you can just 
pass this episode along. If you haven't yet, we really would appreciate just a little rate and review. It helps so that this episode or all of these episodes get shared to more people so more people can start to learn and feel something different in their bodies. Thanks so much for joining us and we hope we see you next time.